hit the milestone last week with episode 500, and now here we are with episode 501. It's like the next phase of Spooky South Coast, which I'm assuming is going to be a lot like the first phase, but that's all right. Because we are here to talk about the paranormal as we do each and every Saturday night, and we are about to do it as we start with episode 501 of Spooky South Coast right now. going to be the way that it goes from now on at the beginning because i'm definitely waiting till we get to that part before we start the show because i like to rock out a little bit before we go welcome to spooky south coast tim weisberg here along with stephanie burke we have the silent assassin matt costa and science advisor matt moniz some other special guests in the studio as well and uh, also tonight we'll just introduce them right from the top we have ty gowan joining us hi hello i'm ready to do this i'm i'm used to only mostly seeing you through a computer screen that's like on YouTube. That's like the normal format that I feel comfortable with. This is like right outside my norm, but I will say that I have a face for radio, so tonight's gonna be a good night. <laughs> you fit right in with us, then. I am well, so excited that Ty is here. You have no idea. Well, this was uh, a happy accident yes. of a show, actually, which uh, we just happened to see on on Facebook. I happened to see that you were in the area because you're from Maine. Yep. So. We figured if you were here, we had to find a way to get you in, and I'm glad that you could find a way to come in. Thank you. I'm still, I came down for a wine festival today. I'm still riding that wave, so this should be a great <laughs> show tonight. Yes, yeah, Stephanie was you at the I same both. place. That's perfectly fine yes. with us. I, I've told the story before, but the first time that we ever met Dustin in person <laughs> was at a beer festival. And we just happened to run in and we're like, hey, hey, you're Dustin. Yeah, you got smoke yourself. So we, you know, Hung out for a couple minutes at the beer festival and said, "Hey, by the way, we don't have a guest for the show tonight. Do you want to come on?" And he's like, awesome. "Yeah, yeah, sure, I will." So we had him call in, and so that was at about what, probably like three o'clock. We saw him, and so fast forward seven hours later till ten o'clock, we come on the air after a day of drinking beer nonstop, and we start the show. And I'm like, "Good evening, welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here. Our guest <laughs> Dustin, Dustin Perry is here with us. How are you doing, Dustin?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm great." Guys. <laughs> I promise to give you more than that. Yeah. Super spooky, sloshy South Coast tonight. Yes. Nothing wrong with that. As I said, it's a it's a new it's a new era for spooky South Coast. So that might be how it goes from now on. I'm okay we'll, with that. We'll be sloshy all the time. Well, we are on YouTube only, so we can get away with it. And uh, we're also broadcasting on the Spooky South Coast app. If you have an Android or Apple device, most people do. So you can download the app for free, and you can watch the show there. You can chat with the chat room there, and you can also catch all of our previous episodes as well and one of the things that uh we we are going to get into some really spooky stuff with ty tonight we're going to talk a lot about the web series haunt me which you can see him on and if you haven't seen the show i highly recommend it just right off the top of the bat i gotta say i've seen a lot of youtube and 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 web shows because that's where people you know people that are involved in paranormal research that want to present that product to people 
you have the understanding that if TV comes a knocking, unless you're somebody like Adam and Amy and you have the right to say, here's how we want this show to be. Right. You're basically at the mercy of somebody else. But with Haunt Me, you guys get to do it the way that you want to do it. Exactly. And that's like the beauty of the medium that, you know, we our our biggest thing that we started when we, you know, kicked off this game five seasons ago um, was to tell the truth of the place um, flat out. I think a lot of shows get into the drama of it and the excitement and the terror, and that's just not us. You're going to see what happens to us in one night regardless of, you know, what we want to happen. And I think that's really what the my favorite part of it is. But that being said, the production value of it is... I'd say it's superior to a lot of the stuff that's on actual network television. Oh, well, thank you for that. Our tech team is amazing, and like I got to give the full props out to them. I think we've all evolved in a little bit, um, coming from the first season, especially in the way that we present ourselves, the way that we want to do our show. But it's more so over the the tech team is really what's elevated our game, and really makes me proud to be on it. Well, and as I said, we'll get into that and some of the cases that you've investigated as part of that. Uh, but that's not really. You know, you you came into that show as being one of the seasoned investigators, as being somebody who had already been doing this for a while. Right, exactly. Um, I think a lot of us here, I'm staring right at Stephanie, um, <laughs> have all experienced like a really weird life. You know, like things have happened, and you either turn away from it or you go headlong into it. Yes. And I think that I turned away from it for a very, very, very long time um, because it's safer. And then, um, you know, I met Ashley Brooks when I was in high school, who is one of the creators of our show. And we just finally, we found kindred spirits in each other, that it was okay and it was safe to talk about these things. Um, We went from just talking about it to researching it to then living it. And it was this, it's become this crazy Buffy fantasy that I always wanted in high school. And now I'm walking around Sunnydale slaying Uber vamps. So it's, it's been a blast. Was was there a point when you said, uh, you know, and, and obviously New England as a whole is a great area to not only look for ghosts but also to do the historical research right? because there is such a rich, diverse history here. Did you ever set out with a, an idea of saying we're only going to focus on Maine or did you just know that there was so much to focus on that you could you could kind of just – lose yourself in just main cases. You know, both, actually. When we started out, Maine kind of gets the short end of the stick because Maine, you know? like right. So it's just no one needs to go there. It's the end of the country. Um, but, you know, besides Stephen King living there, we don't get a lot of cred. So That's enough for me, but... Right. I think it is for a lot of your, your uh, listeners right now, too. But um, on, the, on the whole, there, there's not a lot of digital influence there. Um, and there's this one show on the network that we're on. We're on uh, something called the EntertainmentExperiment.com, which is a main-based network um, for web series and digital products like that. There was this show called um, Ragged Isle. That was out when I was in um, college, and I remember watching it with Ashley and just being like, this is incredible. These people who are making the show are from Maine. We should do something like that. Let's make a show. And so that's kind of how Haunt Me was born, and we wanted to kind of stay true to that aspect of Maine. And, you know, so we started out with the idea of let's just investigate places around that we've always wanted to go, and then it turned into people 
from Maine sending us their cases. And then it grew into us going to some of the most reputable places in Maine. And so we kind of just decided that, like, to pay homage to our state, as long as it keeps serving up the best of the weird, we're just going to keep serving it up to our viewers. And that's not to say that, you know, next year on season five, we're not going to take a road trip or something like that, because that would be freaking awesome. But, you know, I have seen some of the best, most solidifying paranormal experiences in my career, and I've traveled outside of Maine for other things too, you know, right at unassuming places that are around the corner. And I think that that's the richness of it all is you can go to a place like Waverly and you know what to expect. But if you go to a place like a community center that has some stories attached to it and you're not really sure because it's kind of unassuming, that's when it blows your mind. Um, and, and that's really why I've been loving this show. Well, one of the things that I find most intriguing about it is, you know, you're all younger folks. So there's, I don't want to say a fresher approach, but there, I mean, there is, there is a kind of a, a willingness to go wherever the, the case and wherever the evidence that you're collecting leads you to. And it's not like you're one of these old New England research teams that have been around forever that say, no, we've been there and this is what happens there. You know, you actually are going back and revisiting old cases and saying, okay, maybe this will take us somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. That was kind of the aim of our season four. Um, we knew that we have grown a lot and we've learned a lot in the past four years that we've been doing it. And so season four, we decided that we were going to go back to the best place from season one, season two, and season three. But the kicker of it was, and the part that I was most excited about, was we were going to take um, someone, an expert in the field, whose expertise could relate to that specific case um, with us the second time and, and talk to them about what we should do differently. Because uh, I think like one of the best things that often gets missed in the paranormal field is that collaboration. Um, and if you're not willing to listen to new ideas and new ways of doing it, you're going to get stuck in the mud because there is no textbook telling you how to do it. Right. It's just a group of peers doing the best we can. And so uh, for our first case, which is actually out right now, um, is we brought the Newkirks along, De uh, Greg and Dana. They helped us out because we had a mysterious object that we that was well above our level to deal with. Um, they gave us advice on how to interact with it and how to stay safe from it so that was great um not this monday but the following monday we'll have grant wilson on the show helping us out with a client case um because that's kind of his you know his where he shines to help us bring closure to a family that the place that they're living in is habitable you know um trying to debunk as much as we can and then for the season finale at the end of the at i think it's probably probably going to come out in about August. Um, we run into one of our toughest cases was a place called the Mill Agent House, and we did that uh, in season two. Um, it was confusing because there were so many different things happening in it that we called Chip Coffee up um, and had him report in with information that we can't get without a psychic um, to kind of like launch in and tell us what was going on in there, what we need to focus on, and uh, what our game plan should be. And uh, he delivered up some information, and I I will tease out that what happened to us on the season finale this year actually has changed my life forever. Um, and so we wouldn't have been able to do that if we didn't bring an expert in. Um, One of the things that I did notice, too, is that a lot of web series, the you know the other investigators who put videos up, whether it be an actually uh, crafted series or just videos they put up there, there's a tendency for the investigators to be in a hero role. 
where they're coming into this and being like very Zach Bagans, like, you know, it's us against them. Uh, we have to, you know, wh- whether it's helping somebody out or whatever, but they put themselves in this hero position. And I've always been kind of impressed with you guys don't do that, especially the episode with the Dybbuk box. You had no problem admitting that that Dybbuk box was causing problems. For oh, you I was guys. terrified. Like, I'm mostly scared on Haunt Me. So, like, there is no <laughs> – I am not the hero of any show. So, yeah. Um, you can be the hero of this one tonight. So. I'll, I'll yes. try. Um, We're going to need one. Again, with the <laughs> – <laughs> With the wine day that I've had, I can be anything you need on this show at this point. Um, but yeah, I think that was all of us trying to be respectful and responsible because if we walked into that thinking like that we knew anything that we were doing with a Dybbuk box, we would be completely wrong and then leaving ourselves vulnerable. I think the best thing that we could have done is what we did, and that's call experts. Um, and, you know, it, they... It's going to be neat because we experienced the Dybbuk box in season three. We revisit it again with more information in season four. And then on season five, um, we've already filmed it. It was uh, while the Newkirks were up here for the Strange Escapes cruise. We put a close on the story arc of the Dybbuk box. And it, I don't think we'll be seeing it again. So I'm pretty happy with the way things turned out with that piece of crap. So <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing that... When when you're putting this all together and everybody kind of plays a role, everybody has their their defined job to do on an investigation. But there's a lot of, you know, I don't want to say blurring of the lines, but a lot of accepting of the fact that, you know, it, it's not like it, – it's not a, a, a jockeying for position. It's, okay, maybe you're the one that's having this type of, uh, of an interaction, so let's go with that for this. And, you know, maybe somebody else, you know, you're the, the tech person, but maybe somebody else has, you know, something technical that they want to suggest. It, it seems to be a very cohesive unit. But in the first episode, you guys say that, you know, you're kind of coming together as a team for this reason. Is this something that has just developed over time, or did you feel that chemistry with each other right away? You know, I'd actually turn that question back to you as someone who's watched it, um, because I feel like... We've grown together, and I think that's only natural. You either grow together or you grow apart. Um, and for these people, um, you know, I met someone who I call my sister, Carol Cleveland, is on the show. Um, I never really believed or wanted to deal with magic before this if it didn't show up on my K2 meter or something that I could present with, like, solid evidence. It didn't exist to me. And then I met Katie Webb. Um, I didn't really want to put any of this effort together. I just wanted to go on ghost hunts, and then I met Ashley Brooks. And so I think it was just everyone brings something to the table that has really just elevated us all as individuals. And I think that's how we we work together. We we work with each other. And I think that that has shown that 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 chemistry has developed. But at the same time, there was still some sort of a spark there at the beginning. That, you know, kind of like we have a group of people that should be working together or at least that are putting all of their efforts in to make it work together. And right from the start, it kind of felt like, OK, this is a team that I can watch awesome. because there's there's other shows that I've seen, shows that have been on network television where I've said, yeah, it's just the people aren't grabbing me enough for this one. There was one show. I don't even remember the name of it, but it I can't think of the guy's name. His name's Daniel, the the Asian-American gentleman. And uh, there was a team of people that were with him. And I could just tell from the beginning, I was like, these, these guys don't have any chemistry. Like, even if they have known each other forever, which I doubt that they did. Right. Like, even if they did, they don't – there's nothing there. There's no spark there to make me want to watch. Because the paranormal show isn't about just the paranormal. It's about watching the people that are involved going through these paranormal experiences. Right. And I think that's kind of what – 
what Haunt Me is about. Because it's less of, I mean, whether it just we don't have the resources at the beginning when we started this game, or it was just the way it was meant to be, it's less of like a, what Kindred Spirits does so well, is like they go in and they get to the bottom of a case and it's rooted out and it's perfect and people have definitive answers when they're done because Amy and Adam do their deliberate research to make sure everything is covered. I love that. Um, our show is the night that we spent in a place and our experiences there as presented to our viewers and the homeowners or the venue owners. And that's Haunt Me. Um, and it kind of, it's really been our mantra is like, we've never called something definitely haunted or definitely, you know, bogus because we don't have that right in a place that is a hundred years old that we're dropping like a fleck of sand into the bucket of the haunt. It's really us translating what's going on in our minds to our own experiences and then presenting that as, as the show that's haunt me. And I, I want to get into that in a second. Cause I want to talk to you about the rating system. Oh yeah, sure. I use, but if, for those who are listening on the radio and, and haven't seen the series, uh, when you say that it's haunt me, it's stylized as a capital M and a capital E mm-hmm. as a reference to the state of Maine. Right. But is it also, was the idea of calling it that also the fact that it has that personal effect for each of you and it, and your personalities come through as part of the show? Absolutely. Um, I, it's a double entendre for a reason. Um, honestly, it just kind of popped in our heads one day and we were just like, let's roll with it. Yeah. Because that was back in the days where you couldn't have a show have a different name than the team name because you know like the team name would be like Ugh, extreme ghost professors on the show most ghostly you know and like right. and so we were just like let's just be a bunch of weird kids who watch too much scooby-doo growing up and we'll just call it haunt me because that's what's happening to us and we're in maine sounded good you know like and so we just rolled with it and i'm so happy we did it stuck it uh, you know it's it's been our mantra is you know, haunt me. And then, you know, when this goes, you know, national, we'll make it haunt us. And so anyone, <laughs> anyone listening out there, actually. I just trademarked it. It's happening. Yes. So yes. don't you steal Intellectual that. property. Yep. You heard it and here on Spooky South Coast. Don't take that from me, Cheryl Nelson. I know you're out there. No, no, no. We, we, we're going to work with Mama Cheryl. Oh, that's, that's right, Cheryl. Mama Cheryl, you she can't get away from us. Stuff. She, she, can't, she can't say anything yet, but she's big time now. Oh, okay. She, yes. she is huge now. Like this, mm-hmm. this, she has. Is she going to be coming at you for hinting at this? I no no no, no okay. No. But let's just say you know she's like the most important person we might know. Okay, now. good on you, Cheryl. No. You give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm already working on a treatment for haunt us now. So yes, okay, uh, oh my get God, me there. The, the um, but I do want to talk about the rating <laughs> system because one of the things that is interesting about the way that you guys operate is. I, I think everybody kind of goes back to the to the Ghost Hunters days, the first season of Ghost Hunters, where it was always, we're going to walk in there, we're going to tell you if we think that it's haunted or not. Mm-hmm. And anybody can say, as you mentioned, in one night you really can't tell if it is or it isn't. And if they went to a place for three days, it's still not enough to really tell if a place is or isn't. So you've come up with a different type of a format to, to kind of categorize the, the haunts that you experience. Right, and that was kind of our idea from the beginning. Um, we wanted to make sure that we left our imprint on a place, and we didn't just do this as for entertainment value. Um, I, I, I felt wrong doing that. You know, just going in and being like, "This, I'm, I'm the only one getting anything out of this. Yay, me!" So we went in with the specific idea in mind that we wanted to be almost like a public service. 
And so we, what Haunt Me does, um, and we've done since the beginning, is that we take the history in the stories of, of a place that's, you know, been haunted for five days or a hundred days. And we wrap all of those claims and historical um, instances into what we call a pre-rate score. So that kind of tells us what we should be you know, focusing on before we go into a place and really assigns a more grounded, um, stable summation of what we might experience. We um, then go in for our night, like, like I mentioned, and we separately record our own experiences, whether they be personal or um, solid evidence, and we assign that a different rating. So now you have two different ratings. We have the haunt me spent one night in a place that's been, you know, haunted for 10,000 nights against the 10,000 night haunting. So we have two different scores. The final haunt me score that we assign to a place um, is an average of the two together. And so it's our experiences mixed with the history fused up together to be the haunt me rating. And uh, we show those at the end of every episode so you can see every place we've ever rated. So if someone wanted to go around and follow our footsteps one day, they know what type of protection crystals to bring into like uh, the Rumford Mill, or they know that they can, you know, uh, take it easy on, on one night on, on a certain library or something like that. It's just something that we thought of at the beginning, and it's really, I think it's really helped us out knowing where how far we've come and what we've been doing. And, and they're not arbitrary numbers either. You've come up with a system of certain types of phenomena, certain types of reports, certain types of experiences earn that certain numerical score. Absolutely. And so the way that we do it is like the more – the harder it is to refute our evidence almost. I think it's kind of how it's all boiled down to instead of getting into like it, the minutia of every rating. The harder it is to refute the evidence that we capture or the claims, the higher the rating scale. Um, it's also, you know, in season one it started off with like the more dangerous, you know, a, a place could be because that's how we thought every haunt was. And now we've kind of realized that it doesn't play that game. Danger is a lot of perception. And so if we don't understand the case, it could be very dangerous, you know, um, had we been in the first season. And now we're kind of learning that it, danger is complicated. Um, and so I think you'll see as the the season plays out here um, that our ratings will kind of shift and merge and change up a little bit just as our perceptions do as well. Now, Stephanie, I know for you, when you go into a place, you know, you're always concerned about what types of reports are there because you're going to experience it different right. than the rest of us will oh, that's so with your abilities. You. Oh, it's it's awesome. <laughs> so if, you know, if, if Ty and the Haunt Me crew said, well, if you're going to this place, here's what we rated it. And it had one of these, you know, higher kind of dangerous, for, right. for lack of a better word, ratings. Is that something that you would take into account going into there, knowing that you could be throwing yourself into a place that might be... All right, so you've been with me pretty much everywhere I've gone. Mm -hmm. Have I ever been afraid to walk into a place? No, no, but I'm just saying, like, would that cause you to take extra steps, extra precautions? Would that cause you to be a little bit more on your guard based on that? I think I'm always anyways when I walk into a place because walking into anywhere you go, um, I'm like the flashlight in the dark. So walking into a place that might not have any type of negativity or bad feelings doesn't mean that something three doors down can't come to where I'm at and start communicating. So um, I think I'm just always aware of what's going to happen anyways, but I think in general, the rating system is awesome. Um, and it would give me a, a heads up for sure, but I don't think it's going to stop me from going I in. I know that you don't want to know information I going into a do. place, no. but to know at least a, a, a warning 
Right. And at least an idea of what to be aware of is probably helpful. I usually like warnings on what type of shoes to wear. Um, That's huge, though. <laughs> it, it, that it is. is big. My friend Anna it Halloran is. learned that. She's a heels girl. And, well, uh, I am, too. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I learned the hard way not to wear flip-flops on a demolition site. Um, you that find was all sorts that of was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I usually number one, proper attire. Number two, is it dangerous? Obviously, with what's going on, just so that way I kind of know what I'm up against. And um, after that, I think I worry about food. Well, food's always going to be part of the big one. I mean, yes. like an empty stomach can get you a ten rating. Oh, absolutely. You know, because that absolutely. sounds like a demon. Right. You know, right. Like, yeah. We research an EVP and that's something crawling up from the helm off below. Absolutely. If you don't We've call all it. been there before. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and the good thing about being in Maine is you know there's just, it's just all you guys eat is lobster, right? Oh yeah, that's, like that's... we just pack like full lobsters right. whenever we go on somewhere. You crack it open like uh, like an. Uh, a banana peel. I think I saw one episode where the camera cut away real quick and there's Carol sucking out a claw over oh there. And you know, that's not too far off, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anybody wants to call in at any point during the discussion, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420 are the numbers. I don't want to pull your cord out there, Stephanie, but I just stepped on it. Oh, no, it's all right. It's fine. You got enough slack there? Uh, Yeah, all I'm right. good. And uh, and you can call in and you can join in the discussion. You can also join in the chat room on SpookySouthCoast.com and on the Spooky South Coast app. And you can uh, send us tweets or ask questions on Twitter using the hashtag SpookyLive. So many different ways to get a hold of us and to get involved in the discussion tonight. But, of course, feel free to call in. Even though we are broadcasting solely on YouTube and on our app because the Red Sox are still going on because it was a late starting game, you can still call in. We can still take your calls. And when the... Game does end. We'll hear a bunch of beeping, and that's when we'll press all the buttons that put us back onto the radio. Perfect. So I'll let you know when it's okay to swear and when it isn't okay. So right now it's okay. Right now it's, it's okay. okay. I swear. Okay. I mean, I guess, I guess you know because we mark it clean for iTunes. So, but we can we can probably slip. Let's get in. dicey then. We're live on Facebook too, so we we can we can always slip a few in here and there. It'll be interesting. So, I think we had first met last year on the Strange Escapes cruise. Yes. And you were hosting karaoke every night. <laughs> I was. I Not was, surprising. I was trying to get everybody down there. And uh, it wasn't so good that you didn't you didn't really miss a lot of good karaoke this year, I can tell you that. Oh, I'm sorry, man. You, you were in the zone last year. <laughs> I got everybody to come down. We got Adam to come down and sing. He won the contest on the last night. That was life-changing, though. It, it was amazing. Yeah. And uh, actually, funny story. I don't think I've told this story yet. Uh, on the cruise this year... They had moved the karaoke into the to the dance club room. Okay. So now you have like a big stage to perform on. And on the last night, they did bandioke, where you got to sing with a live band. And so everybody was telling Adam, you have to come down and sing. You have to come down and sing. And he and Ben came down. The list had filled up so fast that by the time they came down, they told him they, w- they wouldn't have time for him to sing. So They're missing out. A guy gets up and starts singing – What's I mean, anybody that knows Adam and knows his singing, there's certain songs that are just his songs. And probably more than anything, Don't Stop Believing is his song. Of course. Yes, absolutely. And somebody else got up and started singing it. No. And Adam was kind of like, I'm going to give him a couple seconds and just see if he's any good. And the, and the kid was decent. The kid was good. And so the host came over and gave Adam the microphone. So Adam got up and performed the song with this kid. And just, you know, blew everybody away. But he was a very giving performer. You know, they were going back and forth. And then afterwards, I was very impressed because Adam went over to the kid, took him up. They got drinks together and were talking for a while and everything. It's like, oh, that was nice. So the, the host comes over to us at the end and he goes, turns out we will have time for Adam to sing. 
where is he? And he had just left. They had just walked out to go somewhere else. So I'm running through the entire Norwegian dawn trying to find them. <laughs> of course them. you are. I wa- and, <laughs> it's worth it. If you've heard Adam, I don't run. Yeah. Out, I do not run. Toto's Africa. Yeah, yes, it's worth it to say. chase Africa. I've seen small videos, and I can't wait to see the live version. I was, and, but I couldn't find him in time, so he didn't get to sing this year. But there's always next year. We can hold it in our hearts. Well, listen. That's what's important. Ty and I talked about it, and we have to be there next year. Oh, well, hey, tell the boss. I can't I can't miss out again. Just because these stories are fantastic. They're amazing. Even just fantastic. watching cruise people was, like, my favorite part. That was the, the, My favorite part of last year was the uh, the woman that was walking around the ship that looked just like Chip. Oh, <laughs> oh Chip. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. Chip, I Chip's think, watching, I think Chip took a, I think Chip took a picture with her. Uh, if I remember I right, I need to see this. This because we, she would walk around and be like, "There's female chip. There's female chip." And like, we wanted to tell him about it, but we were afraid. You know, we were like, we don't want him to think like we're like Chip. We think you look like this old woman, but this old woman looked like Chip. So it was, uh, it was, it was very freaky. Lady Coffee. And this year, we <laughs> this year we had the uh, the fake Brian Kano. There was a guy walking around the ship that looked like Brian Kano. So every time we saw him, we'd be like, "Hey, there goes." Oh, it's not Brian. You know, dude, most of my crews was sitting at the front of the ship away from people with a plate of fries every afternoon. And that was my life of luxury. Amazing. It was amazing. I just ate fries. They were pretty good fries. They were great fries. The, um, so anyway, so that's where we had met last year for the first time. And I'd always heard good things about you from everybody. Oh, thank you. So when Stephanie was going to Mount Washington for that event, she's like, I don't really know anybody that's going. I was like, don't worry. Just meet Ty. Be friends with Ty. You guys will get along great. And uh, I had no idea that you were born on the same day. Right. Isn't yeah, that weird? Yeah, that's weird, right? Yeah. yeah. If I had known so that, weird. then I would have definitely, you know, introduced you guys sooner. But that's Well, we didn't know until Mama Cheryl told us. That's true. That's we right. had no idea. It's like Sense8. Have you watched that? No, I haven't. Okay, watch that. All right, I watched watch the first that. couple and then I didn't finish it. it well, it's real weird. I'm not going to, like, say that it's, like, a wholesome program, but born on the same day. All right. Weird I'm going to have to happen. check into this now. So yes, we we did meet up at Mount Washington, and it was an unforgettable trip that we were busy talking about today while we were drinking a gallon of wine. But was it was it instantaneous friendship as I predicted? I think so. I think it was really important to have met. Yes, <laughs> she actually gave me skills that then helped on the Newkirk episode that we filmed directly after. So yeah, I think the first it. thing out of your mouth was, "Hi, nice to meet you. I can't wait for your lecture." <laughs> <laughs> like, Sounds oh, like great. me. I'm a little. That's not terrifying at all. Thank I really you. just kind of lay it all out there, and so yeah. Yeah, so we taught him some telepathy and psychometry, and it worked out really well, and I won't give away anything. Well, my roommate Erin's super pumped about that. Really? Yeah, I just practice on her all the time. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, and as, as you know, as Mama Cheryl has said, you know, we're all part of her paranormal kids, but I think that there's there's something going on where the right people are starting to connect. Something's yes. changing in the universe. There's yeah. something out there. I don't... And I've actually talked with the Newkirks about it. They, you know, they feel the same way. They're like the best, you know, paranormal mentors that yes. I could ask for. And they're amazing. Something, something's happening, and I'm glad. I'm all for it to like hold on to this weird ride where I'm meeting the right people mm-hmm. because I think I've spent most of my life meeting the wrong people. And so to kind of get some of that reward at the end of it and being like, hey, these are cool people who have weird experiences that we can all help each other is really what I'm looking for. And what is we? I mean, uh, I'm not really talking out of school. They've talked about it before, but you know, Greg and Dana kind of had a 180 from things a few years ago. And anybody that listens to the show knows that you know we used to call them the TMZ of the paranormal when they would come on the show, and we'd gossip oh, no. about things that were going on. And and they've kind of flipped a little bit and and said, wait a minute, you know, that's not the kind of people that we want to be. That's not what we want people to think that we are. And I think that that 
is kind of one of the the nexus points of all this coming together because then you know then they meet John Tenney who becomes a huge mentor for them and now they're turning around and they're sharing that with with you and and it's just kind of this this network that's building that I think is beyond anything that we're going to be able to understand as it's happening and maybe not even be able to understand it afterward but it's there's something's going there's going to be a seismic shift as long as it on. keeps going in this direction, I'm down for it. It's awesome. And like the little group that we've all kind of created, which I'll blame Amy for. Yes. But it's, I think, yeah, yeah. A- th- Amy Bruni, if you're out there, she this was is, listening this before, but this yeah. is, this is all your fault. And we love you. <laughs> um, it's amazing meeting all these people, seeing everything that they bring to the table and the friendships that are formed and everybody loves each other, which is awesome. I was telling Ty earlier when I saw him in Salem and I didn't realize, you know, he was going to be there. I don't fly out of my chair and run across a restaurant Baywatch style and hug somebody. (laughs) It was slow motion for me too. It was really weird. She usually doesn't do that for people. She usually just does it for quesadillas. Quesadillas are animals. There was a quesadilla on the table. There was a quesadilla. Of course there was. That's actually what she was going for. Then she's just right behind me. As she's grabbing it, she's like, oh, hi, Ty. I didn't even see you there. Ty. There we go. So, but, you know, and, and I think that being in this position, you know, doing a show like this and having an audience and, and you have an audience and I, I, and of course Amy brings people together for her events. I think there's a, a camaraderie to say, these are people that I like and that I like to work with. So let's introduce them to this audience and let's introduce them to this. So now the audience is going to start cross pollinating right. too. And I think that that's kind of having a big part in this shift that we're feeling because I'm starting to feel that people are getting on board with the idea that not everything has to be proven by the end of the night right. or proven by the end of the investigation. I think people are willing to say it's okay to just sometimes walk away from something and say, that was just weird. That was weird. A, a lot of mm-hmm. haunt me. And I think one of the big things is we're starting to walk away as a community and not as an entertainment outlet. Um, and we're walking away with it doesn't have to be scary. Mm-hmm. It's a huge message of the woman in white you know, isn't scary. She needs your help. And I think the more people that get that, the better for this community. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Yeah. I mean, I like to be scared, but that's why I watch horror movies. Yeah. It's out there. That's why um, I, I mean, don't. I'm rarely not scared when I'm filming an episode, but like it, <laughs> there's like different types. There's like fear of the paranormal, fear of being in the basement alone, and then fear of what was that that just touched your face? You know, like there's so many different levels. <laughs> well, what was that that just came out of that Frank's box? Yeah, there's, we can get into that for sure. Oh, oh absolutely. Okay. And, uh, well, let's get into it. I mean, you've had the opportunity ooh. to work with one of the original Frank's boxes. Yes. Whoops a poodle. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to describe yeah. it. <laughs> that um that was right after Ty and I met. Bam, you guys are working together. All right, fine. We're walking over, we're talking. He's like, All right, I'm not really used to this. How do you operate? This is how I operate. I'm cool, you're cool, this is gonna be awesome, we'll bounce off each other. We yeah, get there. I said that I'm cool. I walked over I walked up, I was like, yeah. I'm cool. Yeah, you're cool. Yep. But it was just it was great. And I was really looking forward to working with him. Everybody had said so many amazing things about Ty. And I think it was an awesome mix of the way that I operate, being on the psychic side, and him being on the tech side. So those two coming together are amazing, especially for evidence. But also at the same time, from both of those perspectives, looking at a Frank's box, the gut feeling for each of you should be like, this shouldn't work. Right. Yeah. I can say for sure after that weekend, Ty is definitely more on the psychic side than he'd like to admit. And I obviously 
years and years of investigating and using technical equipment and everything else, I'm very well versed in all of that. So it wasn't like I'm just on one side or the other. That, I have to say, was probably one of the weirdest experiences right, I've well, had. Well, I understand that you're, you know, you're well versed in the side of there being tech, but the idea behind the box shouldn't. If well, I say, we, were, we were texting you the whole time because neither of us knew how to properly operate it. If I gave you a K2 meter or right. an EM, you know, just an EMF detector or temperature gauge or something, Anything. you would understand the concept of how right. that works. Everything about a Frank's box shouldn't work. An alien right. telephone, right? That came yeah. from a man's dream. So, yep. With a UFO on it. With the, yeah, there was a little. It, there was a little UFO carved on UFO. it. We should have known at that point. Well, and then that you, should have been warning number one. Well, there were warning bells. Yes, yes. You, uh, you messaged me. You texted me, and you said, you know, there's UFOs on it. And I said, well, that's because that's why Frank created those to begin with was to talk to right. aliens. So you should really be careful because you don't want to encounter any aliens. And Frank says <laughs> that that's what those are. This? That's what those are for. <laughs> yeah. The two most terrified people in the world. This yeah. is your idea. For, for your alien yes. viewers out there, please turn off now. I'm not interested in experiencing right. anything. I don't want to tell you who you're sitting next to then. Well, we already know. Well, We've established. Yeah, just, just for sure. Rolling down. He They're knows. coming back from any minute. No. Nope. Yeah. It's all right. For him only. Uh, yeah. They, We're going to put a little bubble around us. because. Hold, hold on. His mic's not on. What? Oh, because the button doesn't work. Try now. Yeah. Nope. Up. Nope. Okay. Nope, that's Pause. Not. Hold, please. It's not this one. One, two, three. It doesn't four. like you. Oh, hey, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Wait. Yay. That, that better? There we yes. go. Because yeah. you hang out with Carol. Yeah. You, you're, you're stuck. Hang, no, no matter which way you go. Hanging out with Carol is a mistake all around. Oh um, <laughs> I'm just going to throw that right out to the universe. You can have her, aliens, if you're listening. <laughs> Enjoy. That's my offering to you. Take Carol. Sacrificing his friends and teammates. Yeah. We'll do it a hundred times over. But but that's what Frank originally envisioned these boxes being for was to communicate with extraterrestrials who, you know, told that, told him that he was their purple princess and that they saw him as this voluptuous purple woman and he went with it. I mean, okay, that, it was like his I think his email address or his one of his handles that he was using online was like purple princess. Really? Oh yeah. He, okay. He was, he was fully about that. Well, we um. He did not think that you could use a Frank's box to talk to spirits. It was interesting because taking a group of um, of semi newbies yeah, at a place that, that is pretty haunted, you know, with me who I'm trying to use the tech, and you know, yep. Stephanie had a really great conversation with a couple of them about right. you know their own psychic experiences. Is I think where it could have ended and everyone would have been happy um watching a k2 meter blink you know yes. from green to orange would have been perfect yeah um but then the we, highlight of the night we had it we gathered everyone into a room because i there's something going on in there and we busted open this frank's box and it, it my gut just got chilled and like when yeah. you're listening to the voices coming through and a part of you knows that it's saying something but probably backwards mm-hmm. um and stephanie's looking at me like Shit, and I'm, and everyone's like, "What is that saying? It sounds like something." I was like, "No, it's no, it's nothing though. Sometimes these just don't work." How about we move back in the other room? Let's go back in the other yeah. room. Yeah, we're gonna go back in the other room, and then so Steph like ushered them out, and I just kind of turned around. And I was like, "Whatever you are, you're staying here. Leave these kind people alone. I'm turning the box off." And that 
it was probably about a 20 minute period where these people were just like, this is great. And me and Steph were like, this no, isn't great. This is we, bad. <laughs> we did something bad. We did something real bad. <laughs> yeah. So I said to, to Ty right before, I think I have a bad feeling about this. Are you sure you want to use it? Oh, yep, and I yep. was like, yeah, I have an awful feeling too. Let's turn it on. Yep, so, let's turn it on. Yeah. That's basically how. The same way I would have been. <laughs> so I was sitting in a chair, kind of like off to the side by myself. Everybody that was part of the event was to my left. I could see clear down a hallway. And I said, there's a woman sitting in a chair, it, like in the other room. There was like a half wall. And I was describing her. So, of course, everybody that was with us jumped up. They decided, like, oh, I'm going to grab my meter. I'm going to walk around, tell us what chair it is. They were so excited. I'm like, guys, back away a little bit. You know, don't crowd the ghost. Leave them, leave them alone a little bit. Try to communicate. I'm talking to them. They all come back in because we're going to do the Frank's box. That woman jumped up, turned around, looked at me, and flew out the door. At that second, that Frank's box went on and something black, which I can only describe as looking like Cocapelli. If nobody knows what that is, you can Google it. It's a fertility idol. Flew in through the double doors and bounced around the room nonstop and then landed in a corner. And you know me, I'm not afraid of anything. That set chills up my spine. That made me feel like fight or flight. You know, you gotta get out of here. And I started to have anxiety. I'm like, what is wrong with me right now? What's happening? And I'm looking at him and I'm like, trying to do one of these to him because we have a room full of people that we're entertaining right. and at this point i'm wondering i'm fine i know i'm fine i know how to deal with this i need to worry about the safety of the people in the room absolutely and you know ty's asking his questions and now he's looking at me because he can hear what's coming through the box and i think it was really when you went to that corner where i told you it was that it started to get very strange it got really weird in the corner that's where those strange voices started coming out but it's also where like my toes went numb and my stomach flipped over yeah. and just like you know your scooby senses of like hey this is great, Ty. You're doing a great job. Great hair. But you really shouldn't be here right now. You should right. back up. You should move away. And hey, these people that you know are looking to you to keep them safe, they really shouldn't be here either. Yep. And that's about how calm I tried to stay because I was really we, like, oh, God, I touched something gross. We we played it well. We, we did good. Yep. And everybody left very happy. And it was weird because um, I remember Amy texting us and saying, hey, is the shuttle there to take people to their next location? And it was really early. We're like, well, that right. was strange that that happened. So we got everybody out of there early. But that left Ty and I alone with um, – his friend was there as well mm -hmm. in the in the place pretty much by ourselves. So we were left to deal with this. We met everybody out in the lobby, the second group that came in. We only had two groups that night. And as people were walking in, we did a baseline reading of the entire building. And as people started to come into that one area, which was away from everywhere else, all hell broke loose. It, was, it really started with, like, because I love to play the game of, you know... Um, confirmation blind confirmation so they came in and they were like how was it was it great was it good did you get a lot of activity it was like we got some stuff happening uh would love you guys to you know yep. scatter and let me know what you think if any of you are intuitive what's going on and let us know where and it was just people popping off right in that corner being like i feel sick here i don't want to be here this nope. feels really awful i'm not coming into this room and we're like awesome great okay. one woman started breaking down in tears hysterically crying and couldn't even speak and was telling me she wanted to throw up. So I grabbed Alicia, who I've been working with for years, 
Um, and I was like, I'm not going to tell you anything, but I need you to go in here and I need you to tell me exactly what you feel. She walked over there, started hysterically crying, sick to her stomach, happened to a third person. And then people started to line up behind me and saying, we're just going to follow you around for the rest of the night because this is the only place that we feel safe. Like, great. What did we do? What happened? And what is this thing? Because at that point, I'm trying to ignore it. So that way I don't give it any type of energy or attention or anything like that, because I need to worry about what is it capable of. And the people in the room are obviously blindly walking around, having no idea what we just opened. Right. And I think a lot of that, too, is having the resources and the experience, especially with you dealing with the metaphysics as much as you do, to close that crap down after yep. like you know making sure like whatever happened knows that you know that's inappropriate for it to re- be working that way and really standing your ground and having that intent that no one is going to be harmed you know right. but part of me also wants to say that the people who were there kind of know what they're getting into i yeah. i i would tread lightly on that yes. i would say that they know what they want to experience it but it's really doing these things like we did a haunt me investigation uh for the public um I think it was two years ago this happened. Everyone that comes wants to, to the, you know, the Jason Voorhees experience. They want right. Freddy Krueger dreams. But if they get an eighth of that, it's it's too much. And it would be too much for me, too. You know, We had, um, unfortunately, someone who won a ticket to our event came, was so excited, um, and got scratched on the back of the neck that night. And she went home early. And it was just, you know, we have waivers for that reason, but it's just... I think people want to experience it a step closer than television, but a step away from truth, if that makes sense at all. Does that make sense at all? No, absolutely. Because anything could happen. And if if it's above, you know, getting tapped on the shoulder or a K2 blinking or a really cool EVP, if you – if it's an interaction moment where we've seen more often than not that like you bring a group of people in somewhere, a spirit will connect with a certain person for, for some specific reason, you know, whether or not they, it's because that person reminds them of someone or they feel comfortable around them or like, you know, has a talent like Stephanie and they know that they can communicate. It's not always in that person's wheelhouse to want to be the the superstar. A lot of people want to watch just closer than television. Right. And, right. and so when you're talking to extra dimensional beings or whatever happened whatever that night, that was, yes. it's, it's too weird. You know, it's, a, you become it's a John Tenney story. Exactly. Yeah. And beyond the blinking or the excitement, now you get the feeling of being out of control because you don't know what happens next. You haven't seen that on TV. You haven't experienced it. So now they look to people like us. Well, what, what do we do now? Exactly. And we just played it cool. But also there is, I mean, I hope Amy's not still listening. I, I, oh my god! I hope she went to bed. <laughs> we'll, we'll delete this later. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure though that when you are, you know, your first instinct is to protect, to protect Absolutely. the people that are there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's it's probably worthwhile to let them know why you're protecting them, only because you don't want people who only go to events and have only positive, happy experiences to then think that if they decide to go out and do this on a regular basis, they're only going to have happy, positive events. They do have to know that there's going to be some element of something that you shouldn't mess with that comes up from time to time. That's an excellent point. That really is. And I hope... You know, to be confident enough in my abilities one day to be that guy, but that night I wasn't. You know, it was it wasn't for me. It where that comes out is in the lectures. You know, if you go to Strange Escapes, you mm-hmm. can go to a lecture and you can learn about you know the difference between you know residual intelligent and other, and how you know <laughs> other can affect different things. Um, but 
it, for me, it would be too real to have a group of people who I don't know, I don't feel comfortable with, experiencing something that I also don't know and I also don't feel comfortable with. I think it's you have raised a great point that if these people left super confident that they can deal with elementals, um, that's that's you know again waiting for a great story to hit creepypasta. But um, I, overall, I think that it, there's a responsibility to just keep it chill and let them meet a ghost. You know, like if it's there. Because we've we've had that happen actually at an right. event we were we were investigating just a few miles from here doing an event with Amy mm-hmm. and uh, and we were in a place where bad stuff has happened and mm-hmm. bad spirits are hanging out and stuff was going down that was negative and you know Amy and I and Stephanie all kind of turned around and told we had, there's probably about thirty forty people in there with us yeah it was, it was and a big group we kind of turned around and told them and said listen this is this is bad stuff that's going on right now. And it's up to you if you want to stick. And some people had to leave right. because they didn't want to deal with it. And some, but we wouldn't let everybody get close to it. Right. And I That's think great. that I think that there's, uh, like I said, there's some value in that. But I also see your point of, you know, first and foremost, you're responsible for these people. And like we've run into situations where we've had people leave our events with something attached to them, and just just that yeah. can right. be harrowing. Against alone. my better judgment at that point. Or my my rules or directions or regulations. Well, no, we, we've we've had things happen though where we weren't actually looking for it either. I mean, we've had people that have just picked up hitchhikers. What yeah, about, but but not. What about not, the event at the hope? Well, well, I wasn't there. So. Winter's room. Uh, the young girl that came with the attorney. Well, she got it. She she took something home with her. Well, I know yeah. that she got overwhelmed when she was there. Yeah. She got. She made some sort of a connection with. Um, uh, I can't think of the daughter's name, but with the daughter, she made some sort of a connection, and uh, and it just kind of overwhelmed her. But I don't. I'll, hopefully, she didn't take anything home with her. I don't think it reached I, I that think, level. But it was. It was definitely the point where we were concerned for yeah. us. Connections like that can be overwhelming in their own right if you're not ready right. for it. You know, like if you're not ready for an information dump and that's never happened to you before, being in a haunted house right. and getting one is terrifying. Um, when it was night two, Amy had um, me doing the princess room, and during one of the groups that came through, we were getting great, you know, uh, call and response on a DR60 with something that was in there that wasn't the princess. And the first EVP that we got, one of the women, you know, stood up and you know initiated my number one rule is exit if you don't feel comfortable. And you know, these people paid quite a bit of money to investigate mm-hmm. the princess room, and she heard the first. EVP and left and it was it was great it was a powerful moment to be like you know this is you taking your safety and your accountability in your own hands and like if you can't deal with something it's better it's better to leave because I think the biggest thing that can trip people up is fear and if you let that creep into a place that it's not supposed to be that's when you start to get into dangerous waters because you let your shield down because you've let terror in there and there is you also do have to kind of keep a balance with the group to know who is there just because they're adrenaline junkies and who is there just right. because they want to have an experience and because they want to you know, kind of prove to themselves if this is real or not or maybe they had an experience earlier on and they want to mm-hmm. kind of have another one to verify the original one. Uh, so it is kind of a fine line to walk. And it's probably a fine line to walk in a lot of the places that you're investigating for the show because – you're going to places where, as you said, you know, you're pre-rating them. So you, you're aware of all of the things that have happened there. But you're also going into this knowing that not everybody that's had those experiences is going into it with a seasoned investigator's outlook. 
Yeah, that's a really great point because we'll walk into a place that people want us to rate a 10 because they saw, you know, a woman walk down the steps one time or they've heard footsteps in the attic and it's too much for them to deal with. You know, it, it's just – it's beyond their capabilities. And, and they don't always know what those footsteps could be outside of being a ghost. Right, exactly. And so like one of my favorite things to do is like listen to those footsteps and be like, that's like a family of raccoons, you know, like and just give them that <laughs> solace of like there are a lot of strange creatures no, in no, your no. attic. No, no, no. I will take a ghost any day over having to get raccoons out of my attic. It literally yeah. just happened. We brought the Newkirks um, and a bunch of our friends to Parsons Field Seminary and we heard like the most obese ghost walking around over us and then like I think it was Carol who was just like, that ain't no ghost, that's a raccoon. <laughs> and and that, that Carol twang we all love. And it was just, it was in the walls and it was I was that's waiting. terrifying. Right, because it's like that thing can come out and oh, like... Oh, well, it got in there somehow. Exactly. I'm not going down with rabies for this show. No. Like there's no way I... I no. watched Cujo when I was a kid. I'm still afraid of it. And so if a raccoon wanted to tangle with us that night, I'm out. I'm out. I've just, I just thought being like Maine, it would just be brunch. Right? No, I'd probably make friends and take it home. They're too high in cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, the, the one time, one, one funny story from, from Maine, from my own experiences. My cousin used to go to a work camp in Maine on Berwick Island, which he would only go... Because, like, it was a place where they sent bad kids. Well, it sounds like a blast. Mm. Yeah, they would, they, would, they would have to go there all summer to, like, build cabins and, like, fix trucks and, like, do all this, like, ridiculous manual labor. Was this legal? To build character. I don't know. Okay. It doesn't sound it. But no, it, sounds it was awful. all bad kids that went there except my cousin. My cousin was a good kid. He just liked to do that stuff. Oh, okay. So he wanted to go just because he was kind of weird and just wanted to spend all summer on an island working his ass off. And when we went up there... They had a cabin that they said had a lot of experiences. And this is well before Ghost Hunters, well before, you know, that I realized that people are actually out there investigating this stuff on a regular basis. And we were hanging out in that cabin trying to figure out what it was that people were making this mistake and, and thinking what it was, th- thinking that it was some sort of a ghost. And it was the same thing. It was raccoons. Yeah, I don't, there, you gotta, you always have to, and I think, Okay, let me back up because I'm stroking out on the radio. Um, <laughs> the best thing that I've ever heard as far as advice from any of my friends is Grant tells you to start on the ground and work up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best thing ever. So when you hear that scratching, you can be, list off five different things that you know it can be. Check those out. Cross them off. If that doesn't work, go up a level. Go up a level until you finally reach the level where you can't see Earth anymore and you're in space and, you know, you have to call it something paranormal. But if you, for me at least, if you start in space, it's harder to come down um, because there's too many variables that we don't know. Um, It's really easy to call something a ghost and walk away because no one can prove that that's real. No one can prove that your opinion is wrong. Um, But raccoons... People, you know if that's real or not. <laughs> like, there's there's no doubt about the raccoons. And you know that is great advice from Grant. And one thing that I just want to mention here, and I know that you know this, Ty. I know that you know this, Moniz. That I don't think TV did enough justice for the great mind that is Grant and and the approach that he has to things. So that's why when you said you were going to have him, you know, helping out with one of the episodes, and you know, that's that's just perfect. And what he's been able to do with Kindred Spirits and popping on there, he is somebody who just looks at things through 
a lens that I think everybody else should kind of be adopting. I think so too. It's like the most undramatic approach to anything. Like you can come at him with the most serious poltergeist and he's able to work you down from a haunt me rating of 10 to then go check out the plumbing. You know, like, mm-hmm. and that's something we did in this house. He taught us how, and this is the best thing about Grant, is I call him more often for my like plumbing issues than I've ever done for any, <laughs> any paranormal like, uh, ghost hunt thing going on. So when we were in this house, he taught us how to, um, take apart the homeowner's sink because they had a claim that every every so often at 3 a.m. on the dot, the faucet would turn on. And so that's the witching hour. We all know that, you know, it's definitely a ghost turning this sink oh, on. Oh, absolutely. Or a demon. A, a demon yeah. probably. They <laughs> love to waste water. And so... Um, the 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 working your way from the ground up approach is what type of pump is running at 3 a.m. that can change like water pressure in the town or something like that. You know, it could be anything that we that is beyond our knowledge resources. And so Grant was like, you know, check out how old the faucet is and how loose it is. He walked us through how to do that. And so I was able to go and like clean out the the faucet and check like the residue. And That's amazing. I know. And I was like, this is something I'm doing on a Haunt Me <laughs> season four. I called Grant ready for like, you know, poltergeist, uh, it, poltergeist advice. And I, there I am, you know, half an hour later taking apart a sink and being like, amazing. oh, yep. you know, the, the washer gaskets look all good. Can't be, it's probably not a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought just like that. that though, right? Yeah, that's it. That's, I, that's my plumbing voice, actually. I, like it. I do all my own plumbing at home. I never thought to call Grant and ask him a plumbing question. Do it up. He stopped me right? from using Drano on my sink one day. He was like, "Don't do that. No. You'll be buying a new sink." And I, he sent me out to go buy a snake. I got a real nasty hairball out of there. Grant Wilson. <laughs> yep, tried and true. Even better plumber than he is a paranormal investigator. Absolutely. 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. If anybody has any questions for our guest, hi, and you can also jump into the chat room as well uh, at SpookySouthCoast.com or on the Spooky South Coast app. We're not quite on the radio yet. We will be soon enough, so we can still keep it a little bit loose. And while before we get on the actual radio and we're just on the internet, i got to say, Kelly, this is some damn good wine. Yes. So. Good job, Kelly. It's yes, amazing. Thank you for that. And, and that's coming from people that have been drinking wine all day. So. Yes. Oh well, Kelly God. was with us all day, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. And how, how was it? Good time? Absolutely. All right. She really enjoyed <laughs> herself. I will attest to that. We all did. Yes. Chris, Chris didn't get to go, huh? No, we left him at home. Well, <laughs> you, you, guys, you guys just got back from a vacation, right, though? You must have been doing some drinking there. Yes. Uh, see? <laughs> yeah, nothing like, yeah, Kelly went from Ireland to a wine day. There's no way her liver's not screaming right now. <laughs> uh, one of the things that we do want to talk about tonight, and um, and and this might open up the rabbit hole that we just fall down for the rest of the night. It's a very large rabbit hole, yes. We talked a little bit about it a couple of weeks ago, but uh, we had mentioned Billy, the Idol of Nightmares, yes. as, as part of the mm-hmm. uh, Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and the Occult, and when Greg and Dana came for the Strangers Caves cruise, they brought Billy for the first day in Salem, and then they found out that they couldn't bring Billy onto the cruise because his eyes are made of ivory. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you can't take him out of the country. Well, they could have taken him out of the country. They wouldn't have been able to bring him back into the country because you can't bring ivory into the country. Billy could have just restarted the Bermuda Triangle. And Pretty he, much. No one wants that. So That was the only part of it that I was disappointed about because Billy and I don't, you know, we're we're – yeah, I've seen you guys' relationship is interesting. It, yeah. He doesn't hate me as much as he hates Tenny. Tenny asked for it though. Right. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure that I'm sure that now that he knows that Tenny and I are so close, maybe he'll 
turn on me too. But Maybe it's because you were Tenny's roommate on the cruise. I think that mm. might be yeah. part of it. Yeah. But so they weren't able to bring Billy, so they needed somebody to Billy sit for the week. And you you volunteered for that? Um, was it kind of just you were the last person to not raise your hand? I, I will just throw it out. They asked me, and I was honored to do so and terrified at the same time. Um, saying that I, I I volunteered for the billy sitting might be too much of a mantle for me to hold. You definitely looked terrified as you were walking out the door. I felt with it. him. I I did not feel comfortable, and he was not happy. No, leaving mutual yes. like, so yeah like <laughs> i think that- i was holding him and i had to hand him over and all i could feel at that point at that very point you were sitting at the table with me and greg and dana had asked me to billy sit while you guys went up to get all of billy's belongings we'll yeah. call it that mm-hmm. um his sleeping bag yes his overnight bag right um his little backpack so at that moment, I flew up from our table and said, I have to go. Billy has to go now. <laughs> and as I started walking to the entrance of the restaurant, Greg, Dana, and Ty were all walking toward me. Billy knew exactly what was happening, and he was not okay with it. I We stopped dead in the lobby, or, or Stephanie stopped dead in the lobby, and she just stares at us, and she goes, he told me to meet you here now. Yep. And that was the start of my week, and I was just like, God <laughs> damn it. <And> so, Sorry. <laughs> so... You're leaving. Um, just but it was just you and Billy on the way home. It was just me and Billy, just two guys. I seatbelted him into the front seat. And <laughs> we listened to um, Crime Town on podcast together. So yeah. So now you are spending the week with, and there's a great video that people can check out. Uh, it's on the Haunt Me YouTube channel. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and it's really worth just checking out. It's just it's fun, fun stuff. My time with Billy as told by Seal. <laughs> <laughs> Great song choice, too. Thanks. It was awesome. But, the whole uh, video was genius. So you're spending the week with him now. Are you thinking to yourself, I've got to keep this haunted idol entertained for the entire week? You know, it's funny because I had two thoughts. I was like, one, I owe my uh, roommate Erin a lot um, for for what she's about to go through. And then secondly, I'm like... I'm not even good with kids. And so, like, I, I there's Billy sitting on, on my um, on my counter like, oh, with his, like, Billy face <laughs> staring at me. And I got home a little bit after midnight, and I honestly had a gentleman's agreement with him. And I just, yes, I was like, I don't have time to, like, explain to you what's going on if you don't understand it because I'm real tired. And we had this I, verbal agreement that I was like, one nightmare, you scary thing you, and you're staying for the week in the burlap. Like, that's it. Like, I'm going to wrap you up, I'm going to put you in my closet, and I'm going to tell the Newkirks that it was great, and we had a, a blast. But, you know, it was... He would have he just ratted you out. It, it, oh, exactly. Sure. He would have told Dana immediately. But, like, it, it, I think it was good because you're, like, kind of, like... You set your boundaries. Yeah, you set your boundaries. He knows where I'm coming from, and, like, the next morning I came out of, you know, my bedroom because I left him in the, um... I left him in the, um, the, the dining room, and he had unwrapped himself. And so that's something that the new curse told me happens. And so, you know, there's that. Um, and so I just kind of stood there staring at him and I was like, okay, want to go to the beach? And so that's kind of how it went. Um, we had actually just filmed the episode with the new curse like the week before. And so my, the haunt me team had met Billy, which was great. Um, because we went to the beach with, uh, my friend Katie, uh, Johnny, Anna, and Aaron, and we just had a beach day with him. And then we took him around to like an ice cream parlor with Carol, who took him on his first motorcycle ride. And so it all it came kind of came really fluid that I wanted like one 
um, one special activity with Billy, you know, each day, and then he was going to try one sweet treat or something like that. So I just basically force-fed sugar products to him and watched anime, you know, just things, chilling with my dude friend Billy, and it worked out, you know, like it... No nightmares. No, I will say um, I brought him to work with me for one day because, as you do, working a corporate job, you bring your cursed idols to work at least once. And uh, it was interesting because some of the people that stopped by were, you know, like you mentioned earlier, the thrill seekers. The only people who kind of like came in were the ones who were just like, I'm not scared. I'll look him right in the eye. And it, I I let everyone know. I was like, here's the deal. If you don't respect him, he's not going to respect you. End of story. And um, I had one coworker out of all of them that was brave enough to pick him up because um, she wanted a picture. And I was fine, you know, like just respect him. And the picture, again, is like Billy being like, mm-mm. And then her being <laughs> like, yay. I get a text at like 6.30 in the morning that just said, I've been up with this from the scariest nightmare that I've ever had my entire life. I'm still scared. And so I was like, you picked him up and you were scared. Like you didn't you didn't respect him. I don't know like what to tell you, but that was the only one who got like sidelined all week. I can I can tell you from firsthand experience, bringing a haunted object into the job mm-hmm. is uh, it's it's a weird experience because the tarot cards that uh, were given to Greg and Dana that are now part of the museum, yeah, that came from one of our friends, and she had asked us to to take care of them for her, so we told her we were going to donate them to them. So I had her drop them off here, and I left them here, and I came in the next day because I start my shift at noon, and so I came in the next day, and one of the one of our Coworkers actually does tarot readings, and so he's in there in the back studio using these cards to read. And I was like, "Did you guys read the note about like what's going on with those?" Like, yeah, I don't believe in any of that stuff. And so he gave everybody readings with him. I'm like, "You guys should probably ask before you pick up the haunted stuff. Uh, just be careful. You know what I'm into. So yeah, right. Yeah. If they, I was if I was like working at Chernobyl, you wouldn't go around and pick up my lunch. They, they like, love it when they're like, <laughs> like if only we had a Ouija board right now. Tim, do you? If, yeah, I got one out in my trunk. I'll be right hmm. back. You know, that's travel around with the Ouija. Um, I'm just gonna. Yes, he does. There's at least two Ouija boards in his trunk at all times. That's choice. I think there's only one now, but that's because I have a piece of something else in there right now. I, uh, what? Dare I, elaborate? Right. I, 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 I took a souvenir from the destruction of Hong Kong Island. Oh, yeah. I did see that. I, yes. have a, I have a piece of the roof of Hong Kong Island in the trunk of my car So right you now. take out one Ouija board and put in the piece from Hong Kong Island? Uh, no, I only have the one board in there now anyway because that's just all I had in there. I took them out well, for something. one planchette anyways. For something. So They're around. Sure they are. They're somewhere. I'm just randomly hitting things over here on the uh, computer to That's fine. keep it from being dead air on the Red Sox because it hasn't switched over, so I, I don't think it's But, over. yeah, he, he always has a Ouija board. He has an entire bucket of ghost hunting equipment in his trunk at all times. Have you ever used a Ouija board? I have. I We used one. I can't remember what season it was. The only reason why we used one on Haunt Me was because the claim for the house was that the – the owners who still lived in it when they were kids had a terrifying experience with it. And they wanted us to see, you know, if we could get the same message that they got the last time that they used the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay, well, you know, like, that that's neat, but we probably won't. We can tr- pick one up from, you know, Toys R Us on the way over and give it a whirl. And the owner goes, no, we want you to try the Ouija board. And so they took us up into the attic when we got there, pulled up the like attic floorboards where it had been sitting for the last 35 wow. years. Wow. And they were like, 
this is the one to use. And so it was covered in dust, and it was like, one, that's a trigger object. Two, of that course. Was, it's been sitting there, you know, after the most fearful experience that they've had in the paranormal world. And they kept it there. And they kept it there. It was sitting there under the floorboards. Hmm. And so we pulled it out, and we gave it a whirl. Um, and they told one person that didn't use it what it told them so that, you know, right. we wouldn't be influenced by it. And it's... It like it moved very slowly. I thought like you know in the movies it's supposed to like jut across the board. It or whatever. Can. Yeah. Well, it did not. It just kind of traipsed around. It continued to spell UTI over and over <laughs> again. We're okay. like, that's gross. We're all done. <laughs> yeah, that's not. That's definitely not what scared people away from this board for thirty years. And so, yeah. So that was my one and only experience with the Ouija is being warned of a you know in looming urinary tract infection. So wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not to, not to get personal, but did it end up happening? You know, I, I'm still clean. Okay. So, yeah. Awesome. Good for you. Good for I you. Love cranberry juice. Have Very you fun. done table tipping? No, I haven't. <gasps> But, like, what? I love the spiritualism movement, so it's, it's just, amazing. It's fascinating to me. Well, I know what we're doing on our next adventure. It's interesting because, like, it, I'm I'm taking baby steps into that world, and it's because of Katie. Like, you are. You know, like, it's, again, it wasn't too long ago that if it wasn't on a digital audio recorder, it didn't exist. And right. then, you know, I'm sitting there listening to Dana and Katie give me messages from the great beyond. And I'm just like, yeah, that checks out. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, cool. Yeah, okay. cool. That's right in line with what I thought I saw in the basement, which is great. Now I, you know, am going to get a UTI because I just peed myself. So right. <laughs> well, I've been doing table tipping well over ten years now, and you can do the Ouija board exactly like you do table tipping. And at that point, it does move fast. It is accurate, and it's amazing. We'll have to just check that out for sure. Then you I've, need to. I've definitely been pushing more of bringing back some of that spiritualist right. era stuff I, just, I did a presentation at salem con where it was you know i called it from fox sisters to ghost brothers nice how modern <laughs> day awesome. paranormal research is really just spiritualism and I, I still remember i was getting dirty looks from people in the room from people that aren't willing to accept the fact that it's really no different no it's just not. because there's batteries and the stuff that we're using now doesn't make it any different than what we were doing you know 150 years ago you're putting intent into something what Absolutely. i've learned is you're putting you're the conduit for the k2 meter you know it's not it's the same as holding your hand on the planchette you're asking something to happen and giving something a tool to make it so um so i think there's stigma and fear attached to you know things like this that are in the spiritualism movement and that's where it gets dangerous if you don't feel comfortable and you're playing the game anyway um but i think overall everything should be viewed as a tool um and it's how you want to present your evidence to other people that's really the outcome of the tools that you use um haunt me is i like to think of it as like you know an alchemical show if it appeared as a child i'd be all set right from the beginning you know like i don't if you come at me as a kid, I extra don't want you around. Nope. You know, so that's not going to happen. But Katie has a soft spot for children, and you know she has a daughter, and so that was exactly what made her react the way she did. Um, you come at me in the shadow form, and any anyway, I, I'm donezo with you. So it would have had to. Yeah, know. I'm definitely. Anytime somebody says it's a kid or a child spirit, that makes me not want any part. Yeah, because the, most of the time, things that aren't that nice pose as children. Be extra, yeah. extra cautious. Absolutely, and of course, you know, being a mom, you don't want to deal with ghost kids, anyways, because no. it's kind of devastating. But um, yeah, it's 
in in my personal experience, I think I have come across less than a handful of legitimate ghost children. Just uh, so everybody's aware, we are now on the actual radio. All right, so no- Hang on, I gotta fix this. Moving in the right direction, we must. Stop. Things are getting wild on that board. As we start to talk about ectoplasm pampers. Uh, right, yeah. right. All right. All right, I can hear myself again. We're good? Yep, just a lot of buttons to press. Cool. You're wielding it like a Thank God I didn't have to there. do that. Well, I, myself. I don't I don't get to do this as much over here as I do it like once a week now. So, I'm in that room all the time now, so far less buttons to press over there. In right. here it's like That board's a little overwhelming, I have to say. After doing it. Nah, you get, it's only these four you really got to worry about. Right. It looks like Star Trek, but the original series. And that Costa taught me. <laughs> <laughs> and, this, right. and this is an updated board from what we used to have. Yep. The old one looks like, uh, you know, something they used in the 1930s, at, which they probably did because we've been around for that long, WBSM. And if you would like to call in with any questions for our guest, Ty, you can give us a call, 508-996-0500, For those of you who are just joining us on the radio, our guest is Ty Gowan. He is the one of the team members of Haunt Me, which you can check out on YouTube. It's a web series in HauntMe.com, too, yep, right? Yep, haunt-me.com haunt or YouTube.com slash HauntMeOfficial. So, and I highly recommend that you check it out. And uh, and as I've discovered now that I actually can put YouTube over my TV, uh, it's great quality. I mean, it's like you're watching a television show. And as I mentioned earlier in the program, uh, the production value of it is first rate. There's a lot of shows out there that are on YouTube that are just, you see it and it's like, oh, this is somebody's paranormal investigations. And it's just somebody brings a camera and they record an investigation. This isn't that. This is an actual show and there's actually things that you can learn uh there's uh the rating system as i mentioned earlier is fantastic and also the fact that you introduce new words into the well not new words but you find words that aren't being used in the paranormal vocabulary and you bring them in well thank you for that i i appreciate all of the um accolades you just poured on me <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all legitimate too it's not uh it's, it's not just phony for radio phony for radio is when uh when i say to Moniz, oh no no i, I love your cooking Ooh. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. You ever? You, you're not a meat eater, though. I'm not. No, I um, I steer clear of it. So you can't come to one of Moniz's barbecues. Actually, well, you can come. He just just can't eat the meat. Actually, I've uh, been experimenting with various types of grilled vegetables. So yeah, I enjoy a good vegetable. I just I don't eat anything that can smile. <laughs> Wasn't smiling when I was eating it. Oh my god. So you just prefer to eat things that you can't hear scream. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's that. That 100%. And you make fun of me for not eating meat. Now you know. Oh, don't try to act like it's for any valuable reason. You just don't like the taste. That's me, too. I don't. I don't. No, like, I tell people it's because of the animals because, like, then they leave you alone. If a cow tasted like ice cream, she'd be one of the one wielding the hammer between its eyes. Sorry, quesadilla. But they've got those eyelashes and they just give so much love. Will you stop? (laughs) It's going to be terrible. Anyway, I'm going to run over to Wendy's. I'll be right back. Oh, no, for sure. I'm probably going after this. Yeah, just remember, all those tacos. Come on. That's actual meat in those tacos now. Yeah, but it doesn't taste like it, so They made them change it. They made them start using actual meat. Stop. (laughs) Well, uh, if you want to call in, see, so we always end up, this show always ends up coming food. back to food, food, one way or another. Maybe it's because we're always hungry while we're doing the show. You tip towards midnight, it's going to happen. Yeah, that's, oh, no, that's something to We have Taco Bell, Wendy's, and 
whatever else is down there. What is the what's the haunt me official snack? What do you guys have to have on all investigations? Oh my god, uh Carol demands anything edible. Um but <laughs> what's all for some reason what's always there is a crusty baguette. And really? been, since season one, there's always it shows the up. The same one? It, no, it could be sometimes a real crusty, but <laughs> I don't know why. It's just a thing that like I ignored it for two seasons, and now like I and I relish a good baguette that shows up. I think, and that is that haunt me official snack. That and candied almonds, but like there's a reason because those are delicious. The baguette's just kind of weird. Mine has to be now, and I think everybody's noticed and expects me to do it, is Haribo gummy bears or Swedish fish. Oh, yum. Yes. And I carry my oh, you don't care if the bears scream while you're eating them? Stop! No. Have you heard about the Haribo, the um, the sugar-free ones? Oh, yes. 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 Yeah. 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 The those best are thing in the world. Did you know that the Haribo green bears are not green? They're what? strawberry flavored. I did not know that. Well, they're that. still green. Well, no, they're not green flavored. No, well, green apple or anything like that, yes. 2017, green is a flavor at this point. <laughs> yeah. Right. The, uh, hey, we welcome all flavors and colors. They're not your typical it's, green. It's Soylent. And I say that because I don't really like the green flavors. It's gross. Soylent green is sugar-free gummy bears. Uh, one of the things that um, we have no, you know, we, we saw Len posted the other day about mm-hmm. how you know now he gets a craving for Swedish fish. Right. It's my fault. He did blame me for that. So it happens. And uh, and and. Chrissy and Rose and everybody were in the chat room, so they know, you know, the cannoli call. We already discussed the cannolis, for sure, so. Cannolis have now become part of investigations. How do I not yeah. weigh 300 pounds? I don't know. This is all I'm, my fault. I'm getting close. It's so. the adrenaline once you're on investigation. <laughs> like, the heart rate never drops <laughs> all below All of this food is In that case, is I should start investigating more often. <laughs> 508-996-0500-877-996-1420 if you would like to join in the discussion with us. And uh, going back to, to talking about Billy, the yes. idol of nightmares, uh, you have the chance, as we mentioned, to spend the week with him, but you've also had the chance to be around him during investigations and, and to see when he is present. And yeah. it's a totally and, – and Stephanie, you did as yeah. well. It's a totally different experience to put him into a location that has activity because you're bringing something that has this overwhelming power. It's it's almost like it can all like, – like he can be another way to amp up just the energy of the room. Right, and not just amp up. Um, he – for us, he worked as a translator um, because we – on our investigation, we were running into really strange spirits. I would say the other category – um, which they're not going to talk to you. They, you know, your your ants beneath them. Sometimes they don't even notice you. And so it was really frustrating because we could tell that there was a lot going on out there, and it just wasn't interested in anything that you know we were trying to offer up. We started asking questions to Billy to ask what was in the room on behalf of us, and he would uh, you know answer back on the DR60 what we needed to know. And so like there, an example of that is we were sitting in the middle of this gym and we're hearing on the track that's wrapped around the second floor of the gym it's this old old track probably about a hundred years old made out of wood so you can hear every footstep walking around it sizing you up it was quite an experience and so i want to know how many people were up there you know talking to us so i asked out to the um i asked out to the air you know like there are four of us down here knocked four times how many of you are up there and you hear two, three, knock back. And so I was like, okay, that that's crazy. But again, trying to verify it, um, I asked Billy, I was like, Billy, how many people besides us are in this room? And so we listened back to it on the DR60, and you hear, 
Billy, how many people are up there besides us in this room? And you hear Billy go, they're not people. Whoa. And we're like, oh, no. That was way worse than I expected. <laughs> I wanted you to say three. You didn't say three. <laughs> so that is the, the benefit and part of the terror bringing Billy on an investigation is you're going to get the truth and you're going to get way more way more information than maybe you're ready for. Well, we do have a call on the line, and again, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420 are the numbers. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Ty Gowan. How are you? Hello, it's Christy. How are you? Hello. How are you? Okay. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I just got done with some tours at the Oliver House, and I was on my way home, and I, I just wanted to call in and say uh, how excited we are to see everybody at Middleborough next weekend. Um, we're excited for the presentations and all the vendors that are coming, so I just wanted to say hello to everybody tonight. Well, just let's give everybody the breakdown really fast of what's going on. I was saving it for the end, but let's t- while we have you, let's talk about it. It's the Middleborough Paracon. A few minutes. <laughs> it, it, it's the Middleborough Paracon next Saturday. That's correct. And it's happening at the Town Hall. Yes, it is. And it's from what time? It's actually happening uh, from 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. Uh, with presenters throughout the day. Uh, we have a really great lineup, as you know. Um, vendors uh, galore. A nice mix of uh, people with different interests are going to be there. we got food. Also, we have uh, two rock bands that's going to be on site playing their tunes for the afternoon. Uh, a beer garden, and it is a family-oriented uh, day, so people can feel free to bring their children. It's a free event for people to come enjoy in Middleborough, and the town is so excited for it. Sounds like I'll be coming back down. That sounds like fun. <laughs> yes, you, you need come to. Down. It's going to be amazing. It's, uh, it's going to be Stephanie and I, John Brightman, Ken DaCosta, Mark Arvola. Uh, Sherry DiBenedetti. Yep. So the, and uh, there's going to be all kinds of stuff happening. So come on down and check out the Middleborough Paracon. Christy, what was going on tonight at the Oliver House? Anything good? Oh, uh, we had our, our public ghost tours to events tonight at 7 and 9 o'clock. And, yes, there was a lot of interesting activity that was happening. A lot of equipment was activated. Uh, people heard slamming doors. Uh, there was object movement. So... We got some very interesting photographs that the people who visited the house took tonight, so I'm excited for them to post them to our Oliver House page so we can share them with everybody else. It's it's always an interesting place to come. Uh, The activity seems to get ramped up as the night goes on, and uh, it's lovely to be able to watch people have some of their first paranormal experiences in such a fantastic historical home. And the best part is about the Middleborough Paracon is the money that is being raised to the vendor tables and all that is going to help the, the, the Oliver House. Absolutely. Uh, it's 100% going towards the renovation of the property and to help maintain and take care of the electric and whatever whatever's needed there at the house. Uh, we've come a long way in a year. We got a long way to go, but we're getting there, and we're getting there with everybody's help and support, and all the people who find it interesting and come and visit by taking our tours and coming out for like the Middleborough Paracon. It's an important step in the right direction, and we're very excited to be a part of it. Absolutely. Well, we will see you next Saturday. I can't all right. wait. Y'all have a great night. You too. 
Bye. That is Christy Parrish. She is helping to put on the Middleborough Paracon. Actually, she's pretty much doing all the work. She is amazing, and I love the y'all at the end of that. <laughs> One of my favorite people ever. She is. She's, she's great. Adorable. And it's going to be a fantastic time next Saturday. So anybody that's looking to have some paranormal fun, come on out. And, again, the 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 whole event is being created to help benefit and raise awareness for the Oliver House and its restoration. Uh, but it will be happening at the town hall in Middleborough, which is haunted in its own right. The presentations are going to be taking place inside the haunted town hall. Uh, you're going to have a problem, Stephanie. Because, I am. Well, you've been there. Yeah. There's there's a, a the the spirit that is always there. Is it loud? Did so I I'm, did I tell you what happened to me in the Middleborough Town Hall? No. So I think Dan was with me. Dan's in studio right now. Um, I was investigating. I'd never been before, and I really wanted to go. And obviously, living close to Middleborough. I figured, why not? You know, I've heard about it for years. I heard that there were things that had happened, but I was walking through with Rise Up's historian, Chris Blanchett, and giving him any information that I possibly could about the location because they didn't really know much. And Chris, I've worked with people that know the entire history before. Chris did as much digging as he could, but walking through with him, he was just taking into consideration everything that I was saying so he could go back and research more, which I found fascinating anyways. It was a little frustrating saying like, hey, this is what I'm picking up on and not being able to get an answer immediately, but I was okay with waiting for the answer as long as it was completely correct. As I was walking down the stairs from the auditorium, the second floor of it, I said, there's someone here named Andrew. And I looked out the window and I said, he's talking about a hanging. He he hung himself. And I said, do you know anybody, you know, that had hung himself named Andrew? He said, nope. I think I said something like, get your crap together. Because <laughs> I wanted to know because it was coming through so strong. And I just joked with him and I walked down the stairs. I think maybe a couple days later, he sent me the actual picture of the actual document that said an 11-year-old boy named Andrew had hung himself right near the property. So... That was kind of strange for me, and like I said, it's not a spirit that's... That was norm- kind of strange for you? I know, sorry. That's my everyday life. I know, that's what really upsets me about this whole conversation. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just hang out with me more. It gets weirder. Ugh. So, um, as I'm you know, going through everything, they're talking about these spirits that are definitely there, that people that they've experienced before. I don't experience everything that the the normal person does, I'm picking up on things that are obviously, you know, attracted to whatever I'm bringing into the building coming from all over and saying, Hey, she can talk to us. Hey, she can hear us. And that was, that was weird for me. And, but I love that validation. That's my favorite part of doing anything is having somebody come back to me with an historical document that has a name, a date, an address, anything that I just spewed out of my mouth right on paper. And I didn't know it beforehand. Well, I I know the architect, Hangs around there. Oh, yeah. I talked to him, too. And he, I was yep. say, he, from what I hear, he loves the ladies. So. Um, yeah, he was actually talking to me for a while, and he had a really weird name. And I think I said it in the basement. Um, I can't remember it. It's in my presentation. I, I <laughs> The first thing I did was walk down to the basement, and I said, okay, I'm seeing jail cells. And being in that basement, you wouldn't assume that there's jail cells. I said two or three, and I think... Somebody said to me, well, what is it, two or three? And I said, there's three jail cells. And I walked down a long hallway and around a corner, and there were three jail cells sitting there. So I I loved that building. I can't wait to go back. It is. It's a great building. And, and so people will be able to come in and actually be inside of it for the presentations. I forgot to ask Christy if there's going to be a projector and a screen. Um, I know the library has one, so they could always borrow one from the library if that's the case. 
Yeah, venues. we'll we'll have to ask her because now I don't remember. I'm getting my venues mixed up. Well, sorry, right. we'll find yeah. out. Yeah. Just because I know I'm probably the only one that needs it, but you know me, I need it. Yeah, I'm gonna wing it. It's all it's all part of my ploy you can to borrow make. mine. It's all well. I I mean I have a projector. I just prefer not to bring it if I don't have to, especially since other people's bulbs running out is better than mine burning out. Uh, one of the things that um, I think is great about this area, and I'm, I'm sure you see a lot of it in Maine too, Ty, where, you know, Christy was just mentioning using these events, using these tours to help restore these properties. There's a lot of history up in your state, and there's a lot of places that need a helping hand, and this is a new avenue for tourism that they're just starting to finally embrace. Right, and you, you do see the dichotomy of that too, though. You know, like, it's not all the way comfortable yet, where, right. you know, you're prospect at a place and the, you still get scoffed at. Um, but then you see them post on social media that they need money and they're, they're, you know, need publicity. And is there anyone out there that would like to do some, like put a, on a program or something like that or tell their story? It's like, yeah, us. We just have a weird aspect of how we tell it. But then, you know, the other side of that is you get these really amazing places that either reach out to you to have their story told that you would have never walked into and and you're able to dive into a history that could have been forgotten otherwise and so it's bringing that amount of of knowledge and thought and awareness to a place that you can then hopefully bring in some money and keep it open and if there's if there's anyone that wants to go out on a ghost hunt and you can hold a public uh investigation there like you guys are doing like like we would we did our first one at the greater rumford community center which is a building that was like at risk of closing just because they didn't have funding and they embraced their haunted history and now there are groups coming from all over to go investigate it and that's what i love because if you deny the sordid history to a place you aren't doing it justice um if something melancholy happened there and you're only focusing on the good things like you're no better than anyone else who's trying to like whitewash their ghost program with the most terrifying stuff you're not telling the whole truth and that's really what we try to do and haunt me is like you know if there's good things that happened here let's focus on that and if there's bad it's gonna hit the. It's gonna hit the show as well. And that's one of the things that I don't understand why people don't become more appreciative of. Is okay. It, it, fine if you don't believe in ghosts. I can understand that that's going to be a, a huge impediment for you to accept what it is that people like us can come in and do. But if you are willing to believe and you just think that it's not something that's appropriate for your location, you know, that happens all the time. Like, oh, you know, I'm really interested in this stuff, but, you know, the, the director just doesn't think it really fits what we're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. But you say to somebody, you have spent the last 40 years of your life dedicated to telling the story of this person or this family. What if we could give you the opportunity to actually talk to that person and actually ask questions of that person. That's what you're missing out on by not letting us at least come in and check it out. I'm not talking about letting us come in and bring 50 people in with us, but at least coming in and and conducting an investigation. Absolutely. I literally just had a very similar conversation like that to a place um, last week, which told me that, you know, like we just wouldn't, it's not respectful of this national historic monument or national historic building. And so I was kind enough, and I was like, well, here's the three other ones that we focused on our show, and they were very happy that we came in and told their story. And it's just kind of that mentality that if someone doesn't want 
it to be illuminated. It's not, and we're not going to change anyone's mind. And, and I, I've accepted that. Um, but also, you know, it, what you say is so interesting of like, go through this house day in and day out. Why don't, and what if you have your story wrong? You know, like, what if you're telling the wrong tale and that's why they're still there even? You know, like, there's, you see that all the time. I've seen it happen. Exactly. People want their story heard. They'll, if they, if they feel like there's an injustice, they might stick around longer because you're getting their legacy wrong. Let's help people dead and alive, you know? And and not every place, especially in New England, we're fortunate enough to have places that are so old that not every place that we go into has a, historically famous person attached to it right so you know some of these places that we go to like we do the the fearing tavern in wareham from 1690 you know this is a place that doesn't have a lot of you know historical celebrities coming through but a lot of everyday people whose story is just as interesting and now we can kind of make them historical celebrities by telling their story by sharing what what they have to say paranormally well it's like one of those things too where you go in and you expect it to be something you know a ghost from 200 years ago but i think uh raven quinn posted on facebook like last week and it was the best thing ever where it's like when are we gonna run into that ghost from the 90s that when you ask them you know what's your name and they just come out and you listen to your recorder and you hear it's britney bitch (laughs) you know it's like that that's the moment that i'm waiting for in my paranormal career is find that weird 90s ghost with an attitude well uh, i think most of the 90s ghosts are just so apathetic they're just like hey, whatever man <laughs> it still smells like teenage spirit <laughs> uh, who knew who knew that, that we were actually talking about spirits and not people forget what that song title comes from do you, you know smells like teen spirit the song you're it's you're been a long time so but you know the nirvana yeah. song you're mm-hmm. aware of it do you know why the song is called smells like teen spirit I used to know. Does that count? See, people don't realize. Teen, I've, I've, teen, do you I know? think I I've found out known. in high school, but I don't remember now because it's not. Is it important. dirty? Because we're on the air. It's like, not on the dirty radio at all. Now, right? No, it's not. No, but in in the nineties, when when that song was written, there was a deodorant called Teen Spirit. Ew! It was. It, there was so actually. So, that's almost like just ruins the. That, well, that's like, that yeah. was the idea. Was it was saying it smells like it was called teen spirit it was, and it was just for teens by menon i remember that from the commercial smells like a locker room i'll play it great for job you guys. kurt cobain i'll play it for you guys after the show on youtube i'm sure it's up there somewhere 508-996-0500-877-996-1420 we only have about 15 minutes left if anybody wants to call in with any questions for ty uh i know that um you, you know as you said there's some more episodes coming out i assume that you guys are going to keep going and there's more seasons coming as yeah well. we actually filmed an episode of season five already wow. like this it, the show kind of works like that it's a full-time hobby at this point it takes a lot of time and energy to so put you into don't it. you don't set aside like a period of a couple of months where you say we're going to do the next season now it's kind of like you'll spread it out it rolls yeah um and so we i think we we're just a little bit late or early this year like Either way, the new curse came up in May, and we were taking full advantage of that. So we filmed our first two episodes already, um, and I'm currently, you know, prospecting for um, I think four more, because we usually do about six locations a year. And then um, our producer Nick Nordforce edits all winter long, and then we do our final design in the spring, and then we start releasing usually in May throughout the summer. And we just we've been doing that cycle for um, next year will be our fifth year, and so yeah, we. Uh, the new episodes come out every Monday and then every, every other Monday and then the Monday or the Tuesdays that they don't come out, we drop something called the Tie Tuesday. Right. I was gonna I was I gonna mention Tie Tuesdays. Yeah, those are out there. Um they're just a little bit of extra content, um, so that we don't go a week throughout the summer without delivering something and um I would 
very much um, tell people to stay tuned this Tuesday because I finally got Amy Bruni on one. Really? I broke her down after like three years. Wow. Um, and so uh, in Gettysburg, after a bottle of wine, she agreed to do a Thai Tuesday with me, and that's coming out this Tuesday. So, so what? can you give us a preview yeah, of what you did? Yeah, have you ever done or heard of the 5 and 5 challenge? No, what's no. And so you basically name a topic, and the other person has to name five things within that category in five seconds, or it, and they get a point. And so what we did was we just rallied off through five rounds of the five questions, and then whoever won got to tweet on that person's personal account. <laughs> um, and so I get uh, my. My reward was I was going to be allowed to tweet Adam Barry, but from Amy Bruni, anything I wanted. And she would have been able to uh, tweet Grant Wilson anything she wanted from my account. And so that'll be Tuesday. Nice. It's a I hot can't mess. Wait to see it. Yeah. I did get to see Dana and Greg. Well, I was going to say, I know that you love Ty. I know that you love the Newkirks. Were you able to watch the whole video? I was able to watch the whole video. Because your stomach turns pretty easily. I was all right with it. Because it wasn't you drinking it. Exactly. That The smells in I that think room? I think Greg's shake was the worst. It was that was nasty looking. But then right? again, Anna's shake was pretty gross. Anna's too. had some yeah voluminous smells. It was I, hers. Ugh. Hers filled up the room. I would have been fine with anything but cottage cheese. The oh, cottage cheese God. is what so did it for me. I was gonna suggest on the post that Ty should come down and do the show and do a Ty Tuesday with us, mainly just to get you to do something gross. No, I would totally do anything gross. Right. I will. So I'm kind of sad that this was the last minute. We can, it can happen again. I can think of I the torture just rolls <laughs> through my brain. Oh my I'm God. game. Yeah, I'm game for it. I, as long as I don't have to eat anything disgusting, we're good. That is not off the table. That is, this is the Ugh. season three Thai Tuesday of me getting stuck with eating disgusting stuff. The first season, I think, we're really kicked off Thai Tuesday with something called the tin can challenge, which was rough. Um, you take the labels off of like a certain amount of tin cans. Write a number on the top of them. Like so, we had our producer go out and go shopping. They took all the labels off of it, and then um, we had to reach in. And it was actually with my friend Carol. We had to reach into <laughs> no a, a fishbowl and pull out a number, and we had to get a spoonful of whatever corresponded to that that number down to get a point. And so you open these things up, and you have no idea what it is, but it looks. However, something processed to the nth degree would look in a can. I would, I would have no problem with that because cottage cheese doesn't come in a can. No, that, that it doesn't, but I got No, uh, but I don't, f- don't start calling things out that are gross because you're going to screw it for the both of us. Yeah, what do you hate? We can talk about no, that. No, let's not. No, Absolutely. just cottage cheese. Anything else I'm good with? Let's not. I'll just ask your roommate, Tenny. He'll be like, what, what Tenny, doesn't he like? Tenny will tell you what I, Tenny will tell you Rubens. He's like, just feed him Rubens. Rubens. That, there's, there's that a story, is true. there's a story behind that. Rubens solve all the world's problems. We've, we've learned. It's amazing. But yeah, so the Thai Tuesdays, those are, those are just, they're not paranormal at all, usually. They just enjoy our team getting into just whatever happens every other Tuesday. It's fun. And, sure. it, and it shows the personality of the team, which right. I think is great because I think that's what's lost on a lot of paranormal teams and also some paranormal television shows is you don't see like we, you know, I've mentioned it and I'm not giving anything away. There's a new right. show coming out with the Ghost Asylum guys. Uh, and one of the things that we talked about is that we wanted them to have a chance to kind of show who they were as people more and show more of their personalities because mm-hmm. that's what is interesting to the viewer. 
it's not just about seeing the journey, as I mentioned earlier. It's about seeing the people that you have come to like going on that journey. And so I like the fact that these videos give people a chance to see what you're like. And, you know, we do stuff like that. We do goofy stuff. Right. So that people also realize that, you know, we're not just people who are sitting here talking on the radio once a week. I love it. I mean, that's it. It's one is fun for me too. It, it's a break from the norm of being stuck in a basement. Mm-hmm. Um, but then two, I get to torture some of my best friends and record it for those memories in the future. Yep. And they're, yep, they're saved for posterity forever. forever. Absolutely. Yeah. Watching, uh, Dana Newkirk realized that she liked her failure shake was probably my favorite part of that, that, that whole one. That was definitely a top three favorite of the entire video for me. Uh, me for too. Sure. Like just it, the realization washed it was just over cute. her face. Yeah. It was just awesome. And like, wow, it's not that bad. And, and not really surprising either. No. And she was horrified about. It's just a oh. emergency. Oh. What's, what's this, talking? This emergency alert going on. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, what was it that went into her shake that she was horrified by? Uh, the taco sauce. Yeah, she got a whole bunch of taco sauce on there because she, she was trying to avoid right. ketchup. Yep. And that was, yeah, poor kid. But she liked it. She loved it. I'm not afraid. It was definitely a hot mess. I'm not afraid we'll of We'll figure anything. something out for you, Tim. I'm not afraid of anything. Just don't involve Except me in any torture. Geez. I don't. No, no promises. Uh, Only one can have my birthday. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have dreams of Billy telling you eat it, just eat whatever it is. Oh my is. god! Uh, well, the Billy dreams are weird. We didn't even get into the Billy dreams. We have nine minutes left, so if you want to get into them, you certainly can. Roll with the Billy dreams. I will tell you. With, for me, I did not have a Billy dream, but um, both me and my roommate talked about the fact that when he left, I it was the first night in a week that I slept well. And, you know, that can be just your subconscious playing tricks on you because, you know, I have full knowledge that Billy is in the next room, you Mm -hmm. know, like, and that is going to play into it. There's an idol of nightmares sitting one room away. There's no way that, like, I'm going to sit and just be, like, you know, on my Casper pillow and enjoy myself. that you actually have a Casper pillow. I do. Shut up, because I have a Casper blanket on my bed. Oh, my God. (laughs) Who are we? Who are we? What's wrong with you? Um, I'm taking a picture of it when I get home. That's wonderful. Um, yeah, so I didn't sleep well. Um, I didn't have messed up dreams. My roommate didn't sleep well, but no reported nightmares. But, you know, Friday night when I, when he was reunited with his parents, um, it it was, I, it was blissful. It was a nice sleep, you know, so thankful for Billy for being my roommate. Um, but he did not pay rent. Um, and I did not sleep well, but the experience was what paid for itself. Yeah. But you... I am different, yeah. So uh, I think I might have talked about my dreams when we first got back from Provincetown. Weirdest experience ever. And every single night he was in my dreams until, and I I told Dana and Greg, that until he somehow finds another person that he has a weird connection to, like Ty, the connection stays and then cuts off. And I had some weird dreams. He was in my dreams every night kind of working through some of like my psychic stuff with me uh career type stuff it was really weird and then like showing me people that i that need healing it was really it was it was bizarre and i saw him as the idol and then it started to turn to what i can only describe as a dire wolf from game of thrones so you can google that too if you don't know what that looks like basically a gigantic wolf with glowing yellow eyes and sometimes I would see the wolf or sometimes I'd just see the tail like come around the corner. So I was always aware that he was in my dream and it was bizarre. And I wrote that to Dana and Greg probably, a bit, I think, 
maybe a week before you guys went on the cruise. Um, so every time I see him, I have dreams until that connection is broken by him and his, his energy goes to somebody else. That's the best way I can describe it. But I was just told that after the cruise, you Greg should probably talk to Greg. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, well, it's all his I dream heard to all share. Day, yes. So, yeah. All I heard all day from Ty was, you need to talk to Greg. You need to talk to Greg. And I uh, said, why? He's like, well, he had a wolf dream. I'm like, oh, my God, I wrote that to them. I talked to them about that in Salem. And I just wrote Greg a message and said, I need to hear about this wolf dream. And he just told me that I was in the dream. So... We need to talk to them. Yeah, well, we definitely want to have them come yes. on the show uh, when they have an available Saturday night. So we'll book them sometime soon. Well, it's fresh in your mind, and right. Well, uh, and, and plus, you know, it's just we've always had them on in little short pieces. No, we we need a whole show. For yeah, this. we've never had them on for an entire show. So we definitely need to have them on. Because this has been the ongoing. Show. They've got material, and if like if. It's been two hours on the show, and we started with what this mystery we're all working towards. Right. And we're ending right now with the same question. I think they'll have more <laughs> answers than I do. Yeah. So we will definitely have them on coming up, and uh, you know, we want to bring them down here, too. We need oh, to my get God, them, yeah. We need to get them here. Greg not- Lewis Newkirk and Dana Poutine Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> not, only, not only do we need to get them here because like, they're awesome and because we want to hang out with them, but because Greg promised to bring me Skyline Chili. Oh, he did. Yes. So that's why. So I, we we worked out an agreement. This agreement was sealed in Bermuda. Was it? In 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 some gift shop uh, that uh, we are going. Well, actually, I, I don't know if it was. I think it was on the little trolley in mm. Bermuda. But we sealed the deal. We're going to trade Necco wafers for Skyline. Really? Because Greg likes old man candy. Okay. So we're going to hang around Tenny for too long. We're going to need to bring him to Billy Boy then. Yes, absolutely. So all the old man candy you can handle. Yes. And Billy Boy candies. Give Billy some Neckos. Oh, my goodness, yes. Then that's what he'll want with his tobacco and rum. Yeah, so this weird thing is, like, I didn't give – I gave him the tobacco one time, and it just didn't feel like my style. And so I I told the the Newkirks that um, we switched over to, like, Oreos and Frosted Flakes, um, which I buried in my landlord's garden. So, you know, it all worked out for the best, I think. Well, and now Billy has his own flask. So Bill, that is does. sweet, right? If any listeners out there want to hook me up with one of those, that would be <laughs> sweet. Billy's getting all the good stuff, right? Greg is actually typing to us on Facebook, and it, he did say he will stock you up on Skyline. Awesome! That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. You've only been talking about it for years now, so right. Well, you can blame Belandre; he's the one that gave it to me for the first time, right? So, but you said it's not even good. But it's 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 amazingly <laughs> not good. It's it's not good, but it's great. I don't know how great. I feel about this. It's not good, but it's great. And uh, I, I will make a big batch of four way and bring it in for the show. Only Greg and we I had will to eat go it. over Moniz that too it. of what what the four way a three way or Moniz elite four way. There's a lot of there's a lot of rules. Skyline that is actually not bad. Do you know what four way is? So when you eat Skyline, there's different ways you can do it. You can do three way. Which is where you take spaghetti, skyline yeah. chili, and cheese. Yeah. But then you can do the four way, which is spaghetti, cheese, skyline chili, and fried onions. And so no, I'll stick with three. I hate onions. All right. Well, it's, we'll make a big batch of three way, and it'll just be you eyeing and, and Greg eating it because nobody else will. It that sounds like sound heart disease. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, listen. It'll be a three way, and it'll just be you, Greg, and I eating it. All right. That that might right. be that might be Stephanie's food challenge right there. I thought we couldn't be gross on on the radio. We're not supposed to be, but Tim, <laughs> we can be gross. Just Chris, blame me. It's fine. 
Well, we are just about out of time for this week. Uh, again, in just the final moments that we have, we want to remind everybody about the Middleborough Paracon. Yes. Next Saturday, uh, 10 to 4. Was 10 it? to 4. 10 to 4. Um, I know, I think I looked real quickly, and we're talking, you're, you're after me. And I'm at 1.30, I believe. So, you know, but of course, come and spend the whole day with everybody. It's going to be a great time. I know John Brightman's kicking off the lecture series on the Bridgewater Triangle. Uh, Ken DeCoste will be speaking. Mark Arvelo will be speaking. Mark's presentation is going to be very interesting. Yes. Because I think this is the first time he's talked publicly about what he's been doing. Um, and I don't want to give away anything, but let's just say that a paranormal great who has passed on has been reaching back and communicating with Mark and some of the people that he's been working with. And I won't give away who he's been working with because then the connection might be given away to people. Well, it's it's in the name of the lecture. I know, but I want people to go to the site and figure it out and, and see for themselves. Okay. So uh, just go and check out the Middleborough Paracon on the Oliver House Facebook page, and uh, and you can see it. Which Stephanie and I have been sharing it as well. And uh, we hope to see everybody out there for what should be a great day and uh, a lot of fun. We have to do a big shout-out to Adam Berry, who's What's watching What's up, right Adam? Now. Hello, Adam. You. We were How talking you about your, your singing Yeah, we were talking earlier. all about you earlier yeah, and your, to, your amazing singing. Go to the Peregrine Theater website and get your tickets to yes. Chicago. Yes, Adam Berry's putting on Chicago. If so. you've heard him do uh, anything by Toto, you need to get on the Chicago <laughs> performance. Yeah, you you can get need those. to go anyways because it, just following them on Facebook and watching their journey with the show has been amazing. So uh, lots of stuff to keep you busy. And uh, we'll be back next Saturday night for more of Spooky South Coast. Uh, we'll be back to talk about the paranormal as we do each and every Saturday night. But come on out and hear us talk about the paranormal during Saturday day, too, as well, at the Middleborough Paracon happening at the Town Hall. Uh, just check out our, our Facebook page and our website for more information for that. So until next week, for Matt, for Matt, for Chris, for Stephanie, for Ty, I'm Tim. We want you all to stay spooktacular.